0: And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus and chapter number 12. The book of Exodus and chapter number 12. We're continuing with our series of the life and ministry of Moses. And as we have been examining, we've been... Walking with Moses as he was in the wilderness. As God called him and worked with him to be an instrument usable by God. We saw him as he went to Pharaoh and said let my people go. And when we left last left off, that God was raining down the plagues upon Egypt for the purpose of proving to all of Egypt that the God of the Hebrews was the real God. Now as we come to this last plague, this heartbreaking plague, we could see that once again God is providing himself a lamb notice with me if you don't mind in the book of exodus in chapter number 12 the book of exodus chapter 12 and notice with me starting at verse 1 exodus chapter 12 and verse 1 and the lord spake unto moses and aaron in the land of egypt saying this month shall be unto you the beginning of months it shall be the first month of the year to you Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall ye make count for the lamb and your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year and ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats and ye shall keep it up till the 14th day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts upon the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it and they shall eat the flesh in that night roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it eat it not Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the perterance thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn it with fire. Thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord." And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall it be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever." Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day unto the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be a holy convocation.' And the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that only may be done of you. And ye shall observe the feast of the unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt." Therefore shall ye observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at even, ye shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses, for whosoever eateth that which is leaven, even the soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Ye shall eat nothing leaven. And all your habitations shall ye eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning for the Lord shall pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and upon the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you, and ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye be come into the land which the Lord will give you, according to as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? that ye shall say, it is the Lord, the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, and he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses, and the people bowed their, the head and worshipped. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass at midnight... The Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all of his servants, and all of the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as ye have said. Also take your flocks and your herds, and as ye have said, be gone and bless me also." And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people, that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, We be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened. And their kneading trowels bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required and they spoiled the Egyptians. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find twice in the book of Exodus? I'm just going to highlight the first occurrence of it in the book of Exodus chapter 12 and verse number 11 where it says the Lord's Passover, the Lord's Passover. And with the Lord's help, we're going to preach and explore this idea here of the Lord's Passover Lamb. The Lord's Passover Lamb. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you now and we could see your power and your might... We could also see that you provided a way of escape. And we're so thankful that even though the judgment was due, that you provided a lamb to pay the price for these people. And all they had to do was apply the blood of the lamb. We're asking that this would be clear and let it be easily understood and that we can honor the Lord Jesus Christ through it. Once again, I need your special help. I need your grace right now beyond measure. Lord, that you would honor your own self. Just use me as a vessel, the best I know how. I surrender myself to you and ask that you do this message, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord's Passover lamb. Now, we've already been covering the history of the people here, that the people have been placed in a bondage into Egypt, and that they've been crying out and that God had prepared to deliver by the name of Moses to come to the people. And now we have watched as God has been sending plague after plague upon plague upon the Egyptians to go ahead and prove that God is God to all of the people, and of course Uh, the people were given the instructions here to take the Passover lamb and that they were supposed to apply the blood. And because of this, they would end up having deliverance. Of course, we know that this foreshadow of this lamb was the foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 5, and verse 7. It identifies Jesus Christ as the Passover lamb. And so, what we're going to see is a lot of pictures here. Jesus, or God is using this incident and this Passover lamb to point to the future of someone when you apply the blood, will uh, take away the sins, and God will pass over you in judgment. Um, for your sins if the blood is applied. So we're going to see this all throughout. Now this passage has so much meat on the bone. If you could allow me to use the pun here. There is a lot of stuff to it. And we can actually spend a whole series just in this. One of the most fascinating things I've seen concerning this. Is to actually have a Jewish evangelist come up. And actually do a Passover um, demonstration where he would actually prepare the parts of the Passover and point how each of these elements point out to Christ. And it's amazing. And if we ever get the opportunity, we may do something like that again. It is just a fascinating thing to watch the custom and how even the Orthodox Jewish people observe the Passover today and how those elements just scream out, Jesus Christ, and God, of course, put this into practice so they would always have the picture of Jesus in front of them. And again, I'm not going to take the time to describe the, all the elements and the bitter herbs and the significance of this and that. It is a fascinating study, and we encourage you to study it for yourself. For our purposes, we're just going to hit the historical part of the text and walk through it and get a good understanding of what God is doing and preparing the people and pointing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ the first thing I'd like to show you in this passage here was the instructions to Moses and Aaron the instructions to Moses and Aaron notice if you don't mind as we go back to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 notice what the Bible says and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying this month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month in the year to you. So he says, all right, Moses, Aaron, we're going to do something so amazing, so significant, so earth-shattering, so important that we're going to change the calendar because of this. Now, before this time, the beginning of the Hebrew calendar was sometime in September in our time frame. But now because of this event, the Hebrew New Year is now going to move in at this time what we would call the middle of April. And this is going to be the very beginning of their month. So again, this is going to be a new switch around for them because they're used to the beginning of the year being in September. Now it's now going to be in April. And this is going to be such a big event that God says, new calendar, let's start over. This is going to be the very first month. And this is how it works. Notice as he goes on in verse number 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month they shall take unto them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers a lamb for the house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor uh, next to his house take it according to the number of souls every man according to his eating shall ye make count for the lamb so here's the practical instruction all right every family needs to take a lamb and it needs to be a uh, uh, size proportionate so if there's just a family of two the lamb may not be enough or it may be uh, too much for a family of two so, if you have neighbors right next to you that has a small amount of family and the lamb will feed everyone in here. So, basically, you keep a head count and you know how much they eat. So, obviously, the family of two didn't have a teenager there. Otherwise, the whole lamb might be just disappeared themselves. But it's according to what they can eat. And God's trying to say, we don't want to have any leftovers. He's going to give some instructions in there. But basically, you don't want to have half a lamb left over just because you weren't able to feed it all. So you need to have uh su- uh some planning, some things to go along with it, some forethought with this. Notice if you don't mind in verse 5. Here's some instructions for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. This carries the idea of of having no flaws on it. So you don't want a lamb there that's all cross-eyed and just having nervous ticks. <laughs> You don't want to have something that's cancerous. You don't want to have something that's obviously had defective. Now, why is this? Remember, all of this is going to be a foreshadow of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the lamb without sin, without blemish. Remember, all of this is going to be picturing Jesus Christ. Notice as it goes on. It says uh, a male of the first year. ye shall take it from the sheep or the goats. And ye shall keep it till the 14th day. Now notice the time frame. They're supposed to take a lamb on day 10. On the 10th day of the month. And they're going to keep it all the way to the 14th day of the month. And you don't keep it outside. You keep it inside. Almost like a pet. Now anyone who's been around animals. After a couple of days you begin to bond with that animal. You begin to see the animal's personality you might even name it by then and again this is supposed to be personable that it's not some creature that's nameless and faceless this is something that you now have a personal attachment to that is going to die in your place again a more of a foreshadowing trying to anticipate that there's now a personal connection so that way you're not heartless When the lamb dies, you're not cold hearted, but you have a feeling attached to it because of a personal bond you've developed by having it in your house, dwelling with you for four days. Notice as it goes on. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation shall kill it in the evening. So here it's giving the instructions when you're supposed to kill it. Now, how they're supposed to kill it, and if you've ever been around farms and ranches where they do such things, what they're supposed to do is they're going to hang the lamb up and they're going to slit its throat. And they're going to hang it upside down and allow gravity to do its uh, work. And they're going to drain the blood into a basin. Now, when they have the basin in hand, uh, notice with me in verse number 7, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts on the upper door and the post of the house wherein they shall eat. Later on, it gives the uh, instructions you're supposed to take hyssop. Hyssop is a type of tree branch that it almost has feathery type leaves. We would maybe say equivalent maybe like a pine. You know how pine has all the little leaves with it? And they're made it so that it's almost like a paintbrush. Uh, a loose paintbrush and you would dip it into the basin with the blood of the lamb that you, you had killed and you would strike it across the sides of the post and across the top and it, you weren't supposed to be nice a nice whitewash but it was supposed to just have the blood applied and apply it both on both sides of uh, of the door and on the top of the door post now notice what they're supposed to do in verse uh, number seven. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the tor- uh, two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. So they're supposed to take the lamb and they're supposed to eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that that night, roast with fire, unleavened bread. Again, another picture of Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about more of this, how it's a picture of Jesus Christ in uh, the book of First. Um, Corinthians that that Jesus has no leaven. Leaven is always a picture of sin of the world of corruption and that this whole thing is supposed to show the purity of Jesus Christ. So unleavened bread with bitter herbs and they shall eat it. Eat it not raw nor sodden it all with water but roast it with fire and his head with his legs and with a perturance thereof. And let nothing remain of it until the morning And that which remaineth of it in the morning ye shall burn with fire. So here it's saying we're supposed to use all of the lamb. We're not supposed to have leftovers and then you put it in the back of your fridge and then watch as it corrupts and you say, oh, it's been here way too long. But here it's supposed to be the idea that it's going to be all used up before there could be any corruption. Again, all of these little things are going to be pictures of Jesus Christ. We're not going to take the time to explore every little thing. It's a fascinating study for yourself. So here they're giving the instructions. Notice in verse 11. And ye shall eat it with your loins girded and your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand and ye shall eat it with haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now we go back. We know that the Orthodox Hebrew people have been observing the, the Passover lamb. And sometimes we're, we go back to their observing of it. But we're trying to go back. This is not a holiday yet. In just a little bit they're going to call it a holiday. But what they're trying to do is give preparation. This is the only plague that they had preparation for. They didn't let everyone know. All right, the water is going to turn into blood. Get ready. They had no warning. They had no warning. They had no preparation. But this one does have preparation. And they're saying, all right, when God works and this plague comes and they pass over, you need to be ready to go. You need to have your bags packed, shoes on your feet. You don't need to wait because Pharaoh is not going to wait until an appointed time. He's not going to wait for a couple days. You're going to leave that night. You need to be ready to go. You need to be prepared. Letting you know God is going to send you out that night. And this is going to be an idea by faith. This idea that we're preparing because... The master said that we are going to be uh, coming. Watch and wait. Idea of preparation because the deliverance is nigh. We're supposed to watch for the night is coming and be ready to go. Verse number 12 For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And of course we spoke about that on Sunday evening. How each of these plagues were a direct attack against the gods of Egypt. And this is going to be the final straw where God destroys all of the religion inside of Egypt. Verse number 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood... I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now again, because there was preparation, that also meant there was a choice. There were some people that would choose not to believe Moses and not apply the blood. And because of that, they would perish. There were some Egyptians that heard about it and they applied the blood And they were spared. So here there was preparation. And a choice. You had to make the decision. To apply the blood. You had to make the decision. To believe by faith. This promise. In order to be delivered. This was a choice. That people had to make. The rest of the plagues. There was no choice. No forewarning. But this one. The major one. Destruction was going to happen. Unless the blood Was applied. So we start off with the instructions for Moses and Aaron, that they were given these instructions. But then God continues on and gives them instructions for a memorial. Instructions for the Passover memorial. Notice with me in verse 14. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever and then he goes through and gives this now what is very interesting about this is that god had proclaimed the holiday before the event if you look at the other orthodox jewish holidays you would have the uh, jewish new year well that's a big deal but that kind of came after the fact you look at purim which it comes from the book of esther that's a holiday that came after the fact it came because of that. Even Hanukkah, which came after God did a miracle in the temple during the uh, uh, Maccabean revolt. And that came after the fact. But God is saying, guess what? This is going to be so amazing. We're going to set the holiday now. And you're going to observe this afterwards. This is an important event. Again, God is placing emphasis. This is important and this is to be a reminder not only to you but to every generation this is going to be important this is going to be a holiday and i want you to keep it by the way you say how do we keep um track of the holiday well we know that it's they don't work on our calendar for example we know when christmas eve is That's set on the calendar in December 24th, Christmas Day, December 25th. You can look at it, it doesn't change. Well, the Hebrew people worked off of a lunar calendar and not a solar calendar. So you say, how do we know when Passover is? Well, that's quite easy. It is the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. So you just mark it in your calendar every year. It's the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the spring equinox. Why is it different? Because they go off of a lunar calendar while we go off of a solar calendar. Two different calendar systems that you have to try to make work. By the way, of course, this is going to be such a big holiday that we even honor it. It's the same day that we would call Resurrection Sunday. Isn't God so smart that he planned this holiday in a future? To match with the resurrected lamb. What a wonderful God. He knew what he was doing after all. He could see the end from the beginning. But we could see this uh, instruction for the Passover memorial. The things that they were supposed to do. And that every year that they were to honor uh, this um, remembrance And have a lamb that would be spilt. And and do it as a memorial. Which brings us. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Um, to this next thing here, the instructions to the people. The instructions to the people. So it starts off where God gives instructions to Moses and Aaron. Then he takes time to tell them the instructions for the future memorial, for this uh, holiday that's going to happen over and over. Now Moses and Aaron approach the people and they began to tell them what God had told Moses and Aaron so that way they could be prepared. Notice with me, verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin. Now we understand where the blood in the basin already came from. And strike the lintel on the two sides of the door with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. So here's the special instructions here. Don't leave your house. Once the blood is applied, you don't want to leave. When You don't want to be outside. You don't want to be somewhere else uh, when God comes by. Now, this is a practical idea that only those that were covered with the blood would survive. If you happen to be somewhere where you weren't supposed to be, then you're stuck. This is more of a practical rather than a religious type thing. This is be where you're supposed to be. Don't sneak out at the middle of the night. This is not the night to do that. Notice as it goes on. For the Lord shall pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and upon the two sides of the post, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in to your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee, and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass. When ye shall come into the land. Which the Lord will give you. According to as he hath promised. And ye shall keep this service. It shall come to pass. When your children shall say unto you. What mean you by this service. That ye shall say. It is the sacrifice Of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses, and the people bowed the head and worshiped. So Moses said, All right, you need to apply this, but by the way, we're going to put this as a holiday. And later on, years down the road, when your kids say, Mama, why are we doing this? You'll be able to take this and explain to them. That we were under the penalty of death. But when we applied the blood. God passed over us. And it would be a way to witness to the children. And explain to them that God's gift. Now remember the people in the Old Testament were saved the same way we are. By grace through faith. It is by the blood of the Lamb that they are saved. And there is going to be Old Testament people in heaven. Praise the Lord. Even though Jesus came afterwards. Their thing is that they looked forward to the promises of God. And we look backwards to the past. To see what Christ has already done for us. But they were saved the same way. By grace through faith. They believed in God's promises. They believed what God said. And it was applied unto them unto righteousness. They were saved by believing the promises of God. And so here they're supposed to give this as a way to witness to the children about God's redemption through the blood. That they could be saved and delivered because of the sacrifice, the Lord's Passover lamb. Now we come to the nuts and bolts. So here the instructions were given. The people were told the holiday is planned. What happened? What's the end result of this? The last thing we want to show you here before we get to the application is the results of the first Passover. The results of the first Passover. Notice with me in verse 29. And it came to pass after midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn of the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat upon his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the cattle. You know, something interesting there is that Pharaoh wasn't killed. What do we understand? Pharaoh wasn't the firstborn. Otherwise, he would have died too. Interesting. That's just a historical, nice, interesting thing to know. Doesn't matter anything here. Just something to point out. But Pharaoh didn't die. But even the guy in the dungeon, he died if he was the firstborn. Now, that's a lot of deaths. How many of you, just for curiosity's sake, are the firstborn? Alright. We would be dead. Unless the blood was applied. The rest of you are like. Haha we didn't like you anyways. (laughs) But here. So much death. Imagine. If you wouldn't mind as a parent. You just have that sense. That something's wrong. And you go up in the middle of the night. And check up on your child. And he's lifeless. Gone passed away. Imagine the howling and the crying that evening. Notice as it goes on, verse number 30. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all of his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Verse 31. And he, Pharaoh, called for Moses and Aaron by night. God told them, you need to have your staff ready. You need to have everything ready to go. Aaron, or Pharaoh did not wait until noon the next day. He said, we're done with this. God wins. Go. He didn't wait. He sent it. It's probably 2 o'clock in the morning. Moses, Aaron, sent a runner. Bring them to me. Get your stuff. Get out of here. We don't want you here. No, we're done. Leave. Notice this if you don't mind, in verse 31. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and your children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord, as ye have said. Also, take your flocks and your herds, as ye have said, and be gone and bless me also. You know what happened here? Pharaoh finally realized who God was. If you remember that was the first question that pharaoh would ask god who is the lord that i should obey him and now he's asking for prayer request you go talk to your god and bless me i've lost everything it's destroyed well do you think uh moses and aaron had to argue with him about this are you sure pharaoh i mean we could stick i mean they they were gone Let's leave, tell everyone, let's get out of here before they change the mind. Let's take off. And notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse 33. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people. You know what that was? Get out of here. The Egyptians are like, go, please go, don't wait, get out of here. Isn't God a wonderful God? He had made it so that way they're begging them to leave. And the Egyptians were urging upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we all be dead men. We don't want to make this God any angrier. We've lost our crops. We've lost our children. We've lost our land. We've lost our religion. We can't lose anymore. Get them out of here before God kills us. Get out of here. They're pretty frightened. Do you think they're quite convinced that the God of the Hebrews is real? Absolutely. Absolutely. Get out of here, please. We don't want to die either. And then, verse 34, And the people took their dough before it was leaven. And their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. This is talking about they left in haste. They didn't wait and say, you know what? I got a pie in the oven. Let me finish this up. They took their stuff. Didn't matter if it was finished cooking or not. Let's get out of here now. They're leaving in haste. They're just gathering stuff and going. And verse 35, and the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed. This word borrowed here isn't the idea, can I borrow a cup of sugar? Maybe more like that, because you're not giving the sugar back. They're borrowing, and and the Egyptians, anything that the people ask, the Egyptians are glad to send them. Notice, if you don't mind. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver, and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. So that they lent unto them the things as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. They took everything. By the way, God is going to use this later on. Because he's going to build something called a tabernacle. And they didn't have Walmarts. and They didn't have Home Depots or Lowe's. They didn't have the grocery store. You know where they got all the supplies? From the Egyptians. When they put out an offering. And the tribes and the people gave. Where did they get the stuff to give an offering? They didn't have jobs. They got it from the Egyptians. What happened is that God knew what he was going to do. And knew that they needed to survive 40 years. And he allowed them to take everything they were going to need for their journey. From the Egyptians. And the Egyptians were glad to give it to them. Hey, we don't want your God to kill me. Take whatever you want. Hey, you want these jewels? or my grandmas. I don't care. Take them. Just go. And they took everything. Now, remember at the very beginning, what everyone expected to, to happen is Moses stand before Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh said, no. God kills him, drops dead, says, see you later. But God didn't want to just be the God of the Hebrews. He wanted the whole world to know that he was God of everyone. And he made it so that way, even as they left, the Egyptians were used to supply all the Hebrews' needs. Because he's that good of a God. Now, I know the Hebrew people, if you said, All right, who wants to go through these ten plagues? Nobody would raise their hand. But God says, No, this is necessary to get my will accomplished. I know. what i'm doing and what a great god now there's one more thing i want to do is i want to go back and i just want to highlight and that's all it could be is highlight of the ways that the passover lamb was picturing christ now again we could dive a lot more detail but let's just hit a couple things notice with me in verse 21 and moses called for the elders and said To them, draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. We understand that an innocent lamb's life was to be taken and his blood was to be used to avoid certain death course that's a clear picture of jesus christ that we were all under the penalty of sin we were all worthy of death for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ that jesus christ was the innocent lamb he did no sin he didn't do anything wrong he lived a perfect life but he died for us in our place notice in verse number five uh Your lamb shall be without blemish. We know that Jesus Christ was a lamb without spot, without blemish. There was nothing wrong with Jesus. He was the perfect Lamb of God. Verse number 46. um, It says... In one house it shall be eaten, and thou shalt not carry forth aught of the flesh abroad the house, neither shall ye break a bone thereof. This is giving the instructions for the Passover lamb holiday that's going to be coming up, and part of the instructions is that the lamb's bones are not to be broken. Again, this is a picture of Jesus Christ whose bones were not broken, as was prophesied in the Bible, Psalm 22, and was carried out in the Gospel records, that not a bone of his was broken. And again, the Passover lamb was to be that picture, no broken bones. Again, there's so many little things. Let me show you just one more thing. Back in verse number 13. And the blood shall be unto you a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. We know that when God sees the blood... He will pass over us. But we have to individually be willing to apply the blood to our life. That Jesus shed his blood for our sins. But it does no good until we apply the blood. Just like if the Egyptians. They said well we'll try to be like the Hebrews. Let's kind of counteract. We'll take the blood and we'll put it in a basin. And they left it in the basin. But they didn't apply it to the door. They would die. Just because you know about the blood doesn't do anything until you apply the blood. You must personally accept this gift of eternal salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord for yourself. In the South, one of the things that we had issues with is that everybody was saved and everybody's grandmother was a preacher. Everybody belonged to a church, everyone was religious, everyone owned a Bible. But very few people had ever applied the blood for themselves. They grew up with the idea that they knew about Jesus. They even recognized that they were sinners. They knew that Jesus died for them. But very few people had come to the place where they personally accepted Jesus to be their personal Savior. Let me tell you, just knowing about Jesus, just going to a church, just reading the Bible is not enough. You must personally Accept Jesus as your personal Savior. It's not enough for Mama to be saved. It's not enough for Daddy to be saved. You have to apply the blood for yourself. You have to come to the place where you realize that you are a sinner. And because of your sin, that you've offended a holy, righteous God. But that God loved you so much that He sent His Son to die for you. And you personally accept Him as your Savior. This is a time as we're going to observe the Lord's Supper That we're reminded about why he died. Why did he die? Because I'm worthy of death. I deserve to die. And he took my place. This is why it's so important to remember the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That he died for me. You know as we take the time to observe the Lord's Supper. We're reminded of why this is so important. Turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number uh, 11. 1 Corinthians 11. Again, part of the problem is that with religious places, you could hear the story of Jesus over and over and over, and you could get to the place where it's not personable anymore. But the Bible says, that this is an important thing. Notice with me in First Corinthians 11. and verse number 23. For I have received of the Lord. That which I have also delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus Christ. The same night in which he was betrayed. Took bread. And when he had given thanks. He broke it and said. Take eat. This is my body. Which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember this is a time of remembrance. That we remember that Jesus body was broken because of our sins. And he did it to pay our price. Verse 25 After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped and saying, this is, cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. We know that this again was to be a memorial a picture just like the uh, Passover lamb was a memorial. It was to remind us that God provided a lamb for us. We deserve to die, and his shed blood is what freed us from that penalty. For as oft as you do the, eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death. So this whole thing of observing the Lord's Supper, we are observing the Lord's death. We're reminding that Jesus died, but notice the end of this phrase, Tell he come. When we observe the Lord's Supper, it's also a prophetic thing that our hope is in Jesus Christ. It's not just that he died, he paid our price, but he's coming back for us to fulfill his promises for us. We're a hopeful people that he's forgiven us of our sins and prepared a place for us, just like he said. And just like he did with the Hebrew people, he had a a place prepared for them. That he was going to bring them to. Verse number 27. Wherefore, so because of all of this, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink the cup of the Lord unworthily. Now this idea of unworthily, we know in a sense we're all unworthy. But in this sense here, it carries the idea with anyone with unconfessed sin. Meaning that Jesus died to forgive me of all of my sins. And yet, I have a little pet sin that I refuse to get rid of, that I refuse to admit to, that I refuse to take care of. The Bible says, how could you, knowing he died, to pay all of your sins? So anyone who takes, eats this bread and drinks of this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself so that let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Now the Bible says now's the time we examine ourselves. To realize we are all sinners. There's no such thing as anyone perfect. But God has forgiven us of all of our sins. That's why we have first John one nine in the Bible. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That Jesus has paid all of our price. Why should we, why would we continue in sin when we don't have to? Now is the time for us to examine ourselves. For God to have permission in our lives to point out things that need to be taken care of. Things that are not right with him. So that way we could be close to him. And that's God's great desires for us to be close to him. Verse number 29, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. This carries the idea that you're not paying attention to why Jesus died for you. This is something you need to take seriously. How seriously? Verse 30, For this cause, so this reason for people not observing, or discerning the Lord's body, taking this unworthily, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you. You know there is such thing as sin sickness. Sickness that comes to the body. Because they refuse to get things right with God. And the Lord's Supper is a time for us to examine ourselves and get right with God. But God says this is a type of thing he takes seriously. That he could even get in the killing mood. Notice verse 30. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you. And many sleep. This idea of sleep is a nice Bible way of saying that they're dead. Now, we're not trying to frighten you. In fact, people who have a desire to be right with God, this is not a big thing at all. Meaning that we're not frightened of it. It's the reminder that Jesus dying on the cross is a big deal. I deserve to die. And he took my place. What a wonderful God. He didn't have to